Hey everybody, this is Petey from the Spinner Rack, and we also have Calvin Ellis here to rock. Well, I'm going to hand the con over. He wanted to talk some things about the Superman character and his future as a possible public domain character. So, Cal, what do you say? Well, for all you people out there who are big Batman fans, you probably came into Batman not through the comics. You probably, first time you saw Batman was the cartoon show. 1992 cartoon show, because I can only speak for myself, but most of these comic characters, Spider-Man, Superman, Batman, there was a cartoon first that I watched before I actually started reading. And I'm pretty certain that's a lot of guys too, because most guys can watch and enjoy the shows before they can actually read a comic. So that was it. You'll also notice that around the same time, there was a Superman show, but that came down the pipe later and was not pushed as much as the bat it wasn't pushed as much as the Batman show. You also notice that you don't get another Superman cartoon at all. The next thing that you get is uh, the, the Legion of Superheroes show that was supposed to be Superboy in the Legion, but was changed to Super, was changed to Legion of Superheroes and didn't feature Superboy, but featured Superman. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for, for those of you who wondered about those particular things, hey, you got something coming up in 2033 is called Public Domain and the long history of lawsuits that Superman has undergone as a char- undergone as a character. Batman, okay, is Bob, well, Bob Kane pretty much took the whole kit and caboodle, but Bob Kane had already worked out a deal where he was, he, he got remunerated for Batman handsomely, you know, for the entire time, but DC owned the character. There was never any two ways about it. Superman been in litigation since the 1940s with uh, Jerry Siegel and Joe Shuster, and that, was kind of quashed up until the 19, about 1996, when Jerry Siegel passes away. And then of course, you have Superman's heirs who come in and they're like, they gave a, you know, a writ of termination, which lets them know that, look, we're gonna reclaim the rights back to the character. And so periodically, this is every so often, you have to DC and the heirs keep going back to the table to establish what's gonna be financially feasible you know, for DC to continue on with the character and what money that the hairs are going to be looking at. Now, this is something that's been going on since around, definitively since like the early 2000s. And you'll look and you'll see that trajectory and less push for Superman film, less push for Superman cartoons. Even with the books, they scaled back. I think the last time that you could definitively say Superman was really on clicking on all cylinders for DC might have been the All Worlds, All Worlds and War storyline which was selling really, really well. But then at some point, it just tapers off. And people will always say, oh, Superman's a hard character to write. He's a hard character to sell. That may be, but DC was selling five Superman books a month in the 1990s after the death of Superman and even previous to that. And then there is a decidedly, a, a, a decidedly market shift in terms of, look, we're going to focus on this particular character. Once they saw that they could sell Batman, because for you know for decades he was you know he wasn't clicking the way that he did, but once they saw that they could sell him, like okay, we're gonna take the free money on Superman, we're just gonna push Batman, and then you have 2033 coming up where Superman becomes a public domain character. Now, if you look at Marvel, you'll see that Marvel likes to detail all of its characters with Marvel first, Marvel's Thor, Marvel's Avengers, Marvel's this, Marvel's that. Why? Because a lot of their characters too are gonna be set to hit public domain. But this was something that Disney would always do. It was Disney's Cinderella, Disney's Aladdin, because that way you could differ, because Disney dealt with all these public domain characters. But this is what, you know, this was the Disney character. 
anybody else? We don't know about that Aladdin. But if you want the real Aladdin, the Disney one, you can always, you can always tell by Disney if they say, wait, Marvel does the same thing. DC never did that with any of its characters, though I can't imagine DC ever saying DC Superman. That, that for me would just be like, huh? <laughs> it's like DC oh. Superman, DC's Batman. Those characters have been synonymous with DC forever. So the idea of a you know, the idea of those guys going public domain and you having to identify them with the pub, you know, with the publisher, you know, or the, the, the parent entity is kind of would be, you know, kind of odd. But those things and the fact that Superman's a public domain character in 2033 have made a, a you know have made a decisive shift in how DC promotes and manipulates that particular character. It's um it's interesting that um I would only add it seems rather right now you know having the derivative character in um this new superman in his son is kind of the first time that they kind of just kind of backed out of doing something because while superman was um I, I agree but it felt like they would kind of toss superman a bone with whatever was hot so oh, scott snyder's hot let's throw him a, let's have him do a superman story which, you know, like the Unchained, or hey, Tom King is hot, let's have him do a Superman story type of thing. I think it was um, that, that thing that was in the, the newsstands, or in the, no, in the, um, in the, in the, in the Walmarts. But, you know, they, now it just definitely feels like they're kind of slowing down on what's going on with Superman, whereas I think, yeah, post, post Worlds of War and all the Jeff Loeb type stuff, you know, I know it was a real wacky period because they were in this thing where they were trying to keep the books in flux so they could possibly, it just felt like they were trying to get some hot talent on there. So they would like have people on there for, I don't know, a year or so or something like that. So they could switch it. And, you know, you only heard it when, um, you know, people were surprised that um was a Gail, Simone and Byrne were kind of taken off of the book. And then they had, like, I think, some Jeff Johns issues right before Donner and Jeff John, um, Jeff Johns and um, Adam Kubert um, take over action, which turned into a debacle where he just, oh, we got his hot talent that can only do, he can only do like three issues in a row. You know, he does less issues than, um, yeah. than, um, than who's that guy, Frank Cho. But Frank Cho at least does the six issues in a row. Like, <laughs> like Adam Kubert is the, the three, and then it's oh maybe even two, and then next thing you know they're like, we're doing these other things, and we got these other things going on with this story, and it's just like, you had all the time in the world to get him to get this under his belt, you know, and you see the same thing happen with his brother. These guys are excellent. Well, I knew Adam was always slow, but uh, I, um, Andy at least was doing X Men, but I guess once you you know. A lot of creators aren't like the old school creators. They kind of get to the Mike Zek or, but no, the thing is Mike Zek and Miller, most of the time when they were doing, going to miniseries and shorter series, those books would come out on time. You know, it's really hard to say, oh, okay, we're doing that. Andy Kubert and he does four issues. Then next, you know, Tony Daniels. So that's how Tony Daniels became a name. It's like he was taking over when Andy Kubert wasn't there, but they were selling the book as Morrison. Cooper, but I'm I'm straying off of it. But it felt like they were they were at that point they were trying to do see what hot talent they could get on the titles, and they were constantly switching off. So they switched off, and I think 
Kurt Busiek took over a title and he was there with a couple of different artists. And, um, you know, it was kind of just, it just really made no sense. They could have just picked an artist that could finish this run with Donner so they could have it like, not reissue the last issue as an annual, which was just like, it's, this is the sell. You're selling, you having these new titles. Cause remember it was like Morrison on Batman it was probably Kurt Busiek on uh, Superman and the Donner and, and Jeff Johns on action. And then it's just like, the oh, only thing that's kind of sticking is um, staying with it. The title is Morrison as a writer, Kurt Busiek as a writer, and then um, Jeff Johns. He'll be back from time to time. So, yes, yeah, one of the things I do definitely agree with that, but it felt like they were giving Superman a bone, and now it's just kind of like we're, we're kind of back. We're, we're in the Marvel stage. We're just going to do this. Um, you know, we're going to highlight the um, the by Superman character and say, "Hey, this all this buzz we'll, we'll, and this goodwill will be getting moreover beyond stories because that has nothing to do with doing good stories. That's just um, you know stunts. That's just, yeah, I mean, part of it plays into." When they decided to do the New 52 and they decided to make these dramatic changes with Superman, because again, anybody who says, oh, they made changes across the board. No, Superman made, a, there were a lot of dramatic changes. And a lot of those things came out of the lawsuit with the Harris because they lost, at one point, they had lost one of the rounds of that, of that, of that lawsuit. And then I think it went to the Supreme Court and when the Supreme Court came, they were like, no, you know, these guys still have it. But public domain means that they lose all the rights to Action Comics 1. Everything else after that is pretty much theirs. But this means you could have Superman running around, you know, Superman, Clark Kent, Lois Lane. So long as he displays everything that he had in those in that first issue, you, you know, you can make up a whole bunch of other stuff. You've got this particular character. And so DC has always been in this thing of hedging their bet where, hey, what if we lose? We need to have something viable and recognizable, recognizable for us. I mean, it's and it's tough too because DC, the, the Superman Shield, that belongs to DC. Mm -hmm. Nobody else can use that. So this guy would still be running around with a different sort of s, that sort of thing. But you know, the the potential of that is still there. And I think they got really shook with those lawsuits where they're like, okay, we're not going to put full weight behind this, especially since we're going to get money for this without putting full weight behind it. So. I mean, the Man of Steel, like it or love it, that was a court order. Mm -hmm. That was the court saying, look, you're not doing anything with this uh, with this character in terms of the film rights. And if you're not going to do anything, then these guys should have it back. They were like, okay, so now we got to make a film. But if we make a film, we need to make a film that's a little bit closer, you know, something that we can manipulate. So take away all the recognizable stuff with Superman, except for the shield, because we own that. And you know, let's put this new thing right. Let's put this new thing out at this point because a lot of that does influence this at the end of the day. And it's another reason why you you know look, you don't mind showing him as a part of the Justice League or anything of that nature. But his own stuff is like, hey, why should we build up the popularity and the monetary, uh, you know, the monetary weight of the character when we got these guys knocking at the door every ten years, and these guys are just going to turn to this and say, well, look how much money this is making. We want more money. We got to be able to show, oh, no, 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 no. Come on, look. He's not as popular as he once was. Uh, you know, it's so hard to write this character, you know, so we can just kind of eke out the money over here. Because to be quite honest, there's no reason, there's no reason to have a character like Superman. I can understand if it was somebody else, you know, Zorro, the Phantom, and say, oh, this character was really popular back then. But Superman, without a doubt, stood the test of time, along with Batman. 
Clear King and you know Wonder Woman, those type of characters from there. Any any of those guys that were created then and are still over and still uh, viable now. But there's no reason why you should have an issue selling this guy and you were selling him for decades without a problem. A lot of that is trying to hedge their bets, saying, look, what happens if he goes public domain? We got to compete. We got to compete with our. Uh, we got to compete against these guys with them. Uh, what happens if you know we get a lawsuit? And you know, we're just like, you know what? We don't we don't want to do this anymore. We're just gonna cut ties. You guys can do whatever you want, and we'll just take the Superman that we know belongs to us, and you guys can just rock with that. A lot of that has influenced this up to this point, whereas they don't have that issue with Wonder Woman. I mean, Wonder Woman's never been a big seller, but so long as they keep Wonder Woman in print, they own Wonder Woman. So it's mm-hmm. you know, it's just not a big deal for them. And they don't have that issue with Batman. And those are their three big characters at the end of the day. So you throw a lot more weight towards Batman. You take the free money from Superman because you still got the licensing. You're never going to lose that. You know, so you can still, you know, take the S, you know, put it on some sneakers, put it on a book bag. You're still going to get all your money. You're still going to get all the money that you want from that sort of stuff. And you don't necessarily, and you know, hey, the comics, well, the comics were always the least of it at the end of the day in terms of the revenue. So, hey, we'll, we'll lose some stuff there. But, hey, we can always just make more Batman books. Okay. So I think, I think um, to keep my comments, within this let's first say that um with this public domain then you're trying you're trying to say that what they're doing now is similar to what marvel and disney did with the the x-men and the fantastic four where they shelved the fantastic four the x-men they extracted wolverine and then they kind of x'd out doing x-men title they had one a couple x-men titles but they were like, we're not going to go crazy about this like before. They kind of made it so we can make money off of Wolverine, but it's under your Avengers title. So you kind of say that's why they're kind of not doing, going crazy with Superman trying to get hot talent on there. Well, yeah. I mean, what you said earlier was true. That was part of DC's edict where Superman and Batman didn't get hot talent because it was Superman and Batman. They said, you know, we don't need the hot talent to sell these books. So, you know, we're not, Jim Lee's not doing any covers. You know, this isn't, you know, we're not going to come over here and get somebody like uh, Alan Moore. We're not, you know, going to try to beg him to come back and do this stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're not going to, you know, come over and try to do any of that stuff with these characters. That, of course, changed. But with, Super, with Superman, I mean, you'll still get some talent at the end of the day. But when you see John Kent having his own book, Okay, that's part of that long-term influence where they're like, look, you know, we got another round with these hairs. We got to show that, you know, we can sell Superman with or without, you know, with or without Clark Kent. So we've got that as an, it's a negotiating thing that they've been doing for, for some time now. And then you have the public domain thing coming up. And I mean, unless Congress decides to do something to extend, you know, how long you can hold the character, which I don't see they can do, mm-hmm. you know, whole idea is it's already 95 years what are they gonna do make it 150 so you just everybody who's a everybody's you know the creators and their hairs are dead so i mean i i'm that's the thing that i'm getting to now you're saying that the actual shield everything that kind of came later that version of superman is still kind of in their pocket but say the george so the george Okay, so then you're saying the George, um, the Joe Schuster um, with the shield, that Superman is public domain. Okay, so now you're saying, so we established that they're not doing Superman, that the, the, the original character, a lot of creators 
were interested in their pitches for what's the name was trying to give back to that character. Now, say like this is my this is my hypothetical situation. It goes public domain. Let's go with Mr. Public Domain as far as Alan Moore, right? Get Alan Moore. The only person that could probably pay him off to do it is Rob Liefeld because he's got like 60 grand to buy X-Men um, art because he just bought one recently. We put those guys together to do a Golden Age Superman title. And it obviously would sell the people want to see something from Alan Moore, even if it was drawn by um, um, Rob Liefeld. Why would you not want to have your regular Superman competing against something like that, like getting some talent? Why would you just let like go softly into the wind, you know, <laughs> when you don't know, like, yeah, Alan Davis, and you have Alex Ross, who's interested in public domain. He's another guy you got to watch out for. These guys, you've already seen the people have touched on it. Why would you not keep Superman going, even if the heirs get a little more money out of, out of DC and uh, Warner and DC? Why would you not want to continue to make money? That's always bugging me with Marvel. I just want your thoughts on it. It's bugging me with Marvel shutting down the Fantastic Four. When other people can come in there, immediately make, I don't know, tons of money and then go sit back and go in their cot to decide to do it again. So what are your thoughts on uh, that, them not doing it when these people are chopping at the bit, ready to do another Superman or Jim Lee decide to do the Joe Schuster Superman? It's poor practice, but this is a practice that DC established like back in the 70s where they said, you know what, we'll, we're, we're going to be okay being number two. Okay, we'll be okay. Number, we're not going to compete against Marvel, for, you know, on a regular basis. We're going to be okay being number two because we got so much money from this licensing. We got so much money coming in from this other type of stuff. As long as we hold the number two spot, mind you, at the time when they decided this, there was no other spot. It was DC and Marvel. There was no Image Comics or, uh, you know, real or Dark Horse or IDW or any of those things to really compete with. So they were going to be number two, and they were, you know, and they were fine with that. That type of mentality, I think, has been too—it's been too prevalent. And then, of course, you know, DC themselves said, "Look, they didn't want to have to." I mean, there was a reason why the actor in the TV series didn't jump to become the actor in the movie, even though a lot of people thought that would have been a no-brainer. DC was like, "No, we want these two things to be separate because they didn't want to have to compete. They don't want to compete against the You know, so now you, let's say Alan Moore did decide to do that. He, I mean, you could see him jumping at the bit for that. That would be such revenge for him. Like, yes, Superman's public domain. If you like, if if you like, if you like the, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, well, wait until you see this. You know, where he could come and he could just like really, you know, go and just go ape scat with whatever he wants to do, and it would all be legal. Okay, but what if that character really takes off? What if everybody likes it? You know, what if he's able to supplant Superman with Superman? They've never had an answer for that. They don't know how to compete with that. They've always made certain that they never had to. If it was Wonder Man, Wonder Man got one issue and DC sued the pants off those guys quickly, they had to shut down, okay? If it was Captain Marvel, DC stayed with the same thing. I mean, even now, if Marvel characters, Marvel characters distinctively can't do certain things because if it's too close to Superman, DC will be on them like white on rice saying, no, you can't do that. Thor can't just fly with that red cape. You got to throw that hammer. There better be some distinct differences, buddy, 
or you're trying to, that's copyright infringement. So they've been doing that for so long. And the other thing is that they, they've never had to, it's Superman. How do you, well, what, do, what stories are we gonna do? What, how do we compete, you know, so on and so forth. That's always been, I believe, a concern of theirs, but rather than like you say, step up to the plate and say, no, this is what we can do as opposed to this. And so guys won't even try to do it. They're just, you know, really doing, a, you know, they've gone out of the way to suppress the character, you know, as opposed to like really building him up and saying, okay, fine, you know what? We're gonna keep what we have right over here. And if you wanna take the public domain character, and you, you know, sure, he's faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, and he can jump. And you want to tell some nostalgic tales, no problem. But we're, we're pretty confident that the public is going to stay with us, you know, based on all the stuff that we can answer. Because they can still do those golden age tales as well, mm-hmm. if yeah. they want to. You know, so I've never quite understood it. But over the trajectory of what's happened, it's just made more and more sense the closer that we, uh, that we get there. Anytime I see... You know, any, anytime I see you, okay, we're, you know, we're totally changing, super, we're totally changing Superman and his look and his outfit and all of that type of stuff. We got John Kent over here. Uh, we're not making any movies. We're not doing any cartoons. Uh, we're cutting back on the number of books. It all speaks, it all speaks to that at the end of the day. But one of the big reasons is that, I mean, one of the differences between that, let's say that with the, uh, like the Fantastic Four and Superman is that these guys have Batman, they could, they can fall back on. And it wasn't, to be honest, I don't know if Batman hadn't started clicking for them in the late 90s the way that he did, I, I don't know if they would still be doing this. So, you know, that's something to also keep, that's something to also keep in mind. But I totally agree with you what, what Marvel did with the uh, Fantastic Four was just, uh, that was criminal at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know, this this public domain thing where initially sound, well, it's, it's from the wrong person, like, it sounded interesting, but you know, the from the person who's really struggled with as a creator, someone not giving him his just due or not giving him residuals, not letting him keep the character and then say, Hey, public domain, this is out there. Hey, other writers have done it. Every they play around in other people's sandbox. The public domain is like but no, you can't. <laughs> so I mean, ultimately it's fair game. And no one is outside of the league. No one is really kind of. Um, I think uh, who is it? I think um, Image Comics has done the the clat the old school Daredevil, the Golden Age Daredevil. So it's like I think um, Alex Ross did a bunch of stuff with Dynamite, and we had the league, which was be the biggest stuff. Some of the other stuff like ABC, those characters didn't do as well as the league. Alex Ross and Dynamite, I think, is a perfectly good example of the appeal of those Golden Age characters, mm-hmm. okay, where the appeal is so limited. It's so limited at the end of the day because, I mean, when I saw that stuff, I was like, okay, cool. I would love to read some of this. Most people have no idea who the hell these characters are. Yeah. You, know, you have to, like, really, you have to really do some punching with that stuff and Okay, you do somebody, you get somebody like Alex Ross who does a good job with classic characters and that classic look. And, you know, I, I just love Alex Ross's art, period. So you get him on there and you have the visuals. But then, of course, it's like, well, what stories are you telling with these guys that are going to bring people along? And it's just not there. It's, it's one of the reasons why they haven't been able to do anything with the, I mean, a character like the Green Hornet, you would think that the character, you know, that this guy, you could get some, you, you should be able to get some mileage out of him. Doc Savage, same thing. Lone Ranger, 
you know, and they, they've never been, I mean, not necessarily dynamite with their comics, but they've never really been able to do anything with it because again, these characters were, were hits in the time frame where they were. And then they, you know, they, you know, they fell out of public favor and they moved on to something else. And then they cycled them back in every, what, every 10, every 20 years to see if there's some interest in them, you know, because they, you know, they say, well, maybe hit again, or, you know, who knows, we can have a hit movie, make some money that way. Hollywood loves doing that. But the, the consistency of a Superman, Batman, uh, you know, any of the, you know, Spider-Man, those type of characters, I don't know. It's kind of hard for me to bring the Marvel stuff in there because that's still, the Silver Age stuff for me, I think is still pretty recent in terms of history where the stuff that was coming out of the 30s is, we're literally going almost 100 years ago where there was like a totally different, uh, it, it, marketing, all that other type of stuff is different. And a lot of the stuff that is done in terms of marketing is a lot of practices. Uh, that were established in the 60s are still very much prevalent, you know, even with certain even with certain additives that we have now. But any of those golden age, any of those golden age characters, I mean, it's like the Black Terror, the, the Eagle, any, all those characters, most guys have no idea who they are. If I told you Daredevil, everybody's thinking, oh, Red Suit, you know, Matt Murdock. You're like, oh no, this is the high flying Daredevil, the original. Who? What's he got? Oh, Boomerang. You know, yeah. you, you really got to sell that at the end of the day. So, you, you know, know, I. I the, the idea of uh, the reluctance, at least from where I'm seeing, the reluctance of DC to really compete is, is mind-boggling to me. Disappointing as well, but mind-boggling. But it all stems from those suits. I mean, because at one point, I mean, you know this, at one point they couldn't even use the name Superboy. Yeah. You, Legion of Superheroes was supposed to be Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes, and I was so excited. I was like, yes, I can finally get some Superboy Clark and Superboy stuff. I'm like, no, you can't get it. You know, so they changed his name and he was Superman just younger. In the comics, Superboy Prime became Superman Prime. And they really, I mean, they didn't lose their case. They didn't lose their case with Superboy. But they changed all of those names in anticipation that it could happen. Yeah. Okay, and a lot of people don't even realize that uh, when everybody thinks Joe Schuster and Siegel, they lost their lawsuit against uh, national periodicals. Siegel won his suit. For Superboy, he won. You know, the court said no. That's clear. They shouldn't have done that. That's your character. But because of the uh, because of the financial needs that they had, he signed over the rights. He signed over the rights to uh, to Superboy. And then with that lawsuit, I mean, I think they really were shook when they saw what was going down with Superboy and the potential of losing that particular entity. Again, they were like, you know, okay, and, you know. But then they never went back and said, look, let's use Superboy. We got Connell over here but we really need to develop this aspect of Superman's mythos so we can make certain that, you know, if we do lose it, we have still something viable at the end of the day. You know, something, because there's still a whole bunch of stuff that they can do with Superboy that was created, that, you know, uh, that was created where they have no issue with. I mean, but that right over there really, really shook them at the end of the day. And it's such a back and it's, it's such a schizophrenic thing seeing how they handle it. But, you know, again, it's that you've got to go out there and you've got to compete. You, you know, this was a character, Superboy, in terms of importance for DC, was only second to Superman. Superboy was, you know, he, had, he was helming two different titles. It was his book that allowed other characters like Green Arrow and Aquaman, you know, to stay viable because they were like backup features, you know, for, you know, for a long period of time in the book. And then they just decided, now, okay, we're going to redo Superman, we're going to go, but also with this lax attitude, and, uh, you know, you know, nobody really wants to write the character anyways. So, as opposed to saying, hey, 
Well, the other thing was the Salkins as well, because the Salkins had the rights. And they were like, we're not doing anything until the Salt we get the rights back from the Salkins. And so that was, you know, that was an, uh, an aspect of it as well. But those DC in terms of Superman with the rights and so on and so forth, yeah, that's always been a very big issue. And I think it has made them gun shy in how they approach the character and wanted to do anything really big with the character. But they're like, hey, you know, we could end up losing this guy one day and then, then what? Well, that was for nothing. Let's just keep putting his name, let's just keep putting the S on the jam jars and we're okay. Yeah, so, I mean, but, yeah, I mean, I'm total agreement. Only thing I'm thinking of is, it kind of feels like outside of Alan Moore, who had, you know, you know, he had, um, was it Kevin O'Neill on the league? And he had, even though it wasn't as successful with the ABC, that ABC arc that he did, not the, you know, like they had a, besides the Tom Strong, they had some characters that were, under the America's Best Comics, the actual that actual comic had uh, was it Yannick Piquet that that um that artist like was that's a that's a, a effort of trying to make these things viable as a series, you know Alex Ross, I don't think he did to he did like the covers and then he put his layouts at the end. He probably was involved in the stories, but he probably wasn't putting forth that effort to draw them. I don't remember seeing him do, because it should have been as crazy as any of the other things. Like, we, oh, we're doing this, we got the green, the golden llama, the green llama. Let's get this, <laughs> you know, like, but no, it's like, he's not, if he's gonna draw it or not, that's the thing. And that's what I, you know, um, these people who are deciding, well, we gotta see if this, like in the, it be it would suck to see like Jim Lee like Jim Lee leave DC and say I'm gonna do the Golden Age Superman and like but wait a second I'm gonna get some of my friend art my artist friend to do the rest the actual art that sort of thing and it feels like people it's out there but it's like no wait a second you're not expecting me to do the actual work but we'll put we'll produce it we'll put something out there we'll get some young guy to draw this thing whereas I think that um you know I don't. I think there's, it's something that could be done. And if you can see, um, you know, was it John Bogdanov doing his short thing on the classic one and you hear Frank Miller and uh, see Gerber wanted to do that when they were initially getting to their reboot of um, Superman and so many people out there that would want to do that or something similar to the, the Fleischer things, but the Fleischer thing, even though it has more of a, you know, some of the elements of the regular Superman, they would, you know, just put doing the Fleischers with the, um, I mean, that's the thing, you know, most of those Alan Moore stuff, I think one of those ones, they're fighting the two leads, so Alan Quartermain and uh, Mina, or have different bodies or something like that. They're, they go against James Bond and James Bond is some, some rapist type of character, but you can, you can, kind of throw in all these other characters as phony characters do the image special of just kind of throw in um, pastiche of all these um, Superman type characters and you know uh, hopefully they mean someone stop them and sue them and not let them do this stuff anymore but <laughs> the stuff they actually own but you know it just feels like it's an open there's something there that anyone can do and even this sort of comic industry is kind of half-assing it outside of um the little while alan moore was doing it where he just kind of said as a writer and people want to work with them so he can get stuff done but i could see uh you know 
Rob Life or having the money to kind of put that sort of thing up, at least get a couple comics done and then buy other people and, and give Alan Moore the money that, well, I don't know if he can, maybe he doesn't want to go back into comic books, but I could see it. I could see him kind of making a thing to continue because he, I think he was saying he wanted to continue on Supreme. So some of those ideas might be sitting somewhere waiting to be done. So it's, it's just a, too open for me to, um, for DC not to do their own thing keep doing it and keep trying to you know do a superman unchained no matter how terrible these things are or i forget the tom king story that they were doing but um you know that sort of thing keep this thing in the keep keep the talent the top talent once they get these guys get hot you know get a um greg capullo superman story out there because you didn't do it yet you did um get some other hot talent and do a superman story why you got the chance <laughs> and not be like, hey, we didn't lose, make that much money, so we can't give you guys a raise. But all the other money you guys get in licensing, let's stick with that. You know, it's like, well, no, this is comics and this not, whatever. I mean, that's the thing. They'd say that, I think it was that Burn was talking about him and Mike Zek was like, you guys are plastering our arts everywhere. Like, nothing comes back to us. So they said, no, it's too hard to, to manage it and now DC now Disney they send them itemized things of what their stuff is being used yours in this movie and that and that five cents ten cents two dollars that it's like they're getting an itemized list of where everything is going so it's like you can do it just have to have somebody out there to do it but I just think it's kind of a you know a half-assed way to do it I wanted to, I wanted to curse but it's a half-assed way of doing things to worry about what you're going to lose and at the same time you're making money. I mean, the same instance of what Neil Adams said when they were talking to the original creators where they were like, where are we going to get this money to pay for these guys for the rest of their lives? And he's like, we're not, what are we talking about? We're talking about giving them Clark, Clark pay. You know, like we're not giving them the lion's share. We're just saying something that they can live off of. Like, you know, like a social security type of thing. And then, you know, ultimately with the Warners, he was able to, you know, negotiate more money than he initially planned. And they upped it as the years gone went by. But what do you expect? Inflation? You got to up these things. Like, it's a good thing to be involved in. And it's a good thing to do that. Even if they're coming in, the airs are like, hey. And then and DC are like, well, wait, wait a second. Uh, <laughs> those guys are gone. Why are we still paying you? It's like. So what? It's just goodwill, you know, just let it go. But then don't give up on Superman. The more better you're doing, the more money you guys make, the easier it is to pay out these guys and try to negotiate a decent, you gotta negotiate. That's what the thing is. But, you know, they figured out and the money that they were giving to Schuster and Siegel separately wasn't killing them, so, you know? And they realized, hey, we can factor this in. We don't have to, kill ourselves and then you know but they, they i guess they do that same thing when you find out bill finger had you know uh well uh, his daughter had a daughter and they were like took their time before they figured hey um we're gonna keep having you keep showing you this keep keeping you giving you gifts and then next thing you know it's like hey well let's come pencil something down wait a second we gotta figure this out this is too extreme but anyway 
Um, yeah, I just think they should do some things, keep doing it, not do what they, the, the half-ass job they were doing on the, during the New 52 and those couple of Superman things. They were doing Superman specials and Batman specials, and now they're just doing Batman specials besides the regular titles. And just like, keep doing this stuff, you know, because those are the two characters just, now you just, just Batman now and some Wonder Woman side projects and whatever, like, oh, Harley Quinn <laughs> stuff. Come on, guys. But anyway, I guess anything else do you want to say about this? Do you have your Superman story planned for the public domain? Well, I want to write Superman. I want to write the official, so I'll probably stay away from the public domain stuff. But I think that pretty much says everything that we wanted to summarize. You know, that's just where DC's at. They're they're gun shy, and at some point they're going to have to pull the trigger. So just go ahead and do it. Write some top notch stories. All right, so Spinner Rack, out. out. And watch out, I don't, I don't want all of y'all coming out there with y'all wacky, you know, Superman stories, you know, ruining the, the shoes for Superman. Don't don't mess it up with your fake public domain stuff. You know who you are. Alan Moore. <laughs> so, all right, out. Out. <laughs>